Rainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Hope you're having a great day. Mine has been very busy. Um, got up early, went to the gym, crushed some legs today, went to visit my parents, hung out with them, hung out with the dog, you know, had a solid cuddle session with uh, with Lily. And uh, you've seen pictures of her. I've showed her on the Twitter for that uh, fantastic non-wrestling content. So I uh, spent some time with them, went to Costco. And uh, here I am now recording the uh, intro to the this week's podcast. And uh, it's it's so kind of funny that it's already the middle of February. And it seems like just yesterday we were wrapping up January. And here we are, February 9th. And March is around the corner already. So I'm... Let me tell you, I'm here for it. I'm ready for the uh, warmer weather. I'm ready for spring and just being able to uh, enjoy some sunshine and just to be done with all this snow. I'm exhausted with it. But this week on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, I am joined by Sebastian Wolf. Now, Sebastian, uh, he wrestles predominantly out on the West Coast in the uh, Pacific Northwest. He has wrestled, uh, started off wrestling for ECCW, uh, wrestles now for NEW, which uh, you're all very familiar with. He's making a name for himself there. He's wrestled some singles, some tag team as part of uh, State of Emergency. And he's really, really stepping into his own and really looking to make a name for himself on the independent wrestling scene. So we get into a wide array of things. We talk about uh, growing up, how he grew up on the prairies, uh, getting into wrestling, the training, uh, how we talk about how the pandemic kind of took away some really solid uh, opportunities for him, being able to go down to Seattle and wrestle for Defy, um, which is a huge opportunity. We talk about some goals he has and just just talk about wrestling. So, I mean, he was just an absolutely fantastic guest, and you're going to get to find out a whole lot more about him this week on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Sebastian Wolf. Now, one of the top wrestlers out in BC right now is my guest today, Sebastian Wolf. And you weren't always based out of BC. You actually grew up part of your, spent part of your life in the prairies, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I spent 11 years in Regina when yeah. I was a kid. What was it like growing up there for you? Um, it was cool. I I actually, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was, just, it was a small, smaller city than Vancouver, obviously, and a lot slower paced. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I enjoyed it. I have great memories back there. I, I still consider it home, despite mm-hmm. spending more of my life in Vancouver. So it's, uh, no, I, yeah, definitely enjoyed it. When did you end up making the move out uh, out west? Um, I was about fourteen years old. Okay. So yeah, just just entering high school. Yeah, with my whole family up and moved out here, and my mom's from out here, so my family is like half here, and then my dad's side is in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And growing up, were you active? Did you do any uh, like combat sports growing up, or play any sports in general? No combat sports, but I uh, I played basketball and football. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you did have some athletic background heading before making the jump into wrestling. I mean, to 
a small amount, I guess, but uh, I was actually really overweight growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't till about uh, 15 that I started to lose all the weight and get into sports. So it's not like I was an athlete growing okay. up all my life or anything. I played a couple seasons and it was really getting into the weight room that kind of changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I think it's funny how when you do initially make that jump and think like, okay, I want to start lifting weights, being more, you know, get into that sort of, uh, you know, fitness aspect and you jump into it and you just notice the results if you're committed to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that, that right there committed. I mean, it's, it's commitment and consistency with, mm-hmm. with that for sure. Like I, I know everybody wants a shortcut and a quick fix, but you just, you got to make it a lifestyle. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a hobby. <laughs> not at all some people look at it as a hobby and it's not a hobby <laughs> oh you know i'll go once a week and you know just have fun with it and i'll yeah jack up in no time yeah or, you know i'll do it for six months get jacked and then i'll stop or, you know, <laughs> it's, it's definitely not like that and it's yeah it takes a lot there's mm-hmm. a lot of you know depending on what you want to achieve and how far you want to take it like it it takes a lot of sacrifice and dedication like there was a lot of social events and stuff that I skipped out on, you know, growing up because I didn't want to be hung over the next morning for the, my workout. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, during all that time, I just did it for me. I didn't know why I was so dedicated, but, you know, in hindsight, looking back, it's like, I'm glad I did because I feel that's helped me a lot in my career in wrestling oh definitely now i mean speaking of wrestling we're i mean you must have been a fan growing up i see the collectibles behind you and all that so it's the yeah. Bret Hart t-shirt so yeah 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 i was uh i mean my whole life since i was like three two i mean i don't have strong memories obviously when i first started watching but uh my grandma actually used to babysit me and she was a whole uh, a big fan her whole life yeah so she she got me into it she forced me and my brother to watch and yeah I fell in love with it I don't remember life without it mm-hmm. uh, it's probably my f- earliest memories are probably like 94 95 okay new gen mm-hmm. so it's yeah. it's funny how uh grandparents kind of have that uh influence on us because I know I remember like going out to the country visiting my grandparents and like we'd be re-watching like WrestleMania 9 on VHS over and over and like for my grandma she was still just as into it if it was her first time watching. Yeah, yeah. No, my uh my uh, nana, she was she was like the perfect stereotypical fan. She loved all the faces, hated every heel. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't want to believe that it was a work and she, <laughs> she took it to heart a lot of the times. And now it was, it was great sharing that bond with her growing up. And she always used to call me every week and just, you know, talk about what happened on raw and SmackDown and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was cool. I think things like that definitely stay with you, especially, you know, someone for yourself actually becoming a wrestler and that transition. So yeah yeah no it, it definitely does like i uh she's not here with me now but every every time before i go out to a match i i you know i say a little talk to her and 
yeah, no, it's, it's, it's cool just carrying her uh, memory and stuff with me. At what point growing up, were you thinking that this was something you wanted to get into? Because I know we talked a little bit before and you got into it only a few years ago. So there was that little bit of a gap. Yeah. So, yeah, no, honestly, since I was a kid, I, I wanted to do this. But um, <laughs> oddly enough, I, I didn't know how to like I, I knew you had to go to a pro wrestling school but i didn't know there was any locally in vancouver mm-hmm. and uh, i never thought to i guess search locally like i i knew there was storms and i contemplated going there in my like early 20s but it just didn't work out mm-hmm. so um yeah i just I, i've wanted to do this my whole life but i guess just the timing wasn't right mm-hmm. Now, where did you end up going to get training? Was it at Lionsgate? Uh, originally, it was with uh, ECCW. Okay. And uh, the trainers there are the trainers from Lionsgate. Okay. Where ECCW is like top guys and girls. And they were, uh, they were training the head trainers for ECCW school. Mm-hmm. But then I'm sure you're aware of ECCW had their mm-hmm. whole thing. and Yeah. That's that's where uh, the trainers there. They just started their own thing with Lionsgate, and now we continue to train there. So, what was your first uh, initial reaction when you stepped foot in there for your first day of training? Um, my first reaction. I mean, I, it felt honestly, without sounding like cliche, it felt like I was home, man. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I. I wouldn't say I was like a natural, but I felt like a, a fish in water. Mm-hmm. Like even my tryout, me and a buddy went to and just, I knew what to expect at the tryout. So I like trained like my front rolls and my, my back rolls and my rights and lefts. And I did all, you know, I did like, I made sure I could do a hundred air squats on the fly before I went there and just, so I just, I kind of felt like a nat, yeah, I guess kind of natural, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, was it a big group of you that went in like for your initial training or was it sort of like they already had a training set up and you just jumped into it as well? They already, so they already had, oh man, at, at like the, the peak, there was already like 20 people training, like they were active wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So like, um, but they, they just train all the time. Mm-hmm. So our initial tryout group, I think, was probably like 12 to 13, and four of us made it. Okay. Yeah. So the four of us just jumped in, and there was a beginner's class. And uh, some of, like, the people who are only, I guess, training for, like, a year ahead of us or something, they would still show up to the beginner's class. So there would be, like, several of us. Mm-hmm. And then after a couple months, yeah, we could go to the intermediate and advanced. So, I mean, going into training, what were some of your biggest takeaways from there that you were able to uh, put into your in-ring work? Biggest takeaways from training? Yeah, not necessarily into in-ring, but whether it's things you learned or, uh, you know, just lessons along the way that you were able to uh, take something from. Uh, Number one is slow it down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, every everything feels a lot uh 
like it's going a lot faster out there than it really is so you just yeah you, you take things slow take take your moments you know don't don't rush things mm-hmm. and uh yeah if you <laughs> if you screw something up just just roll with it don't you know don't acknowledge it because mm-hmm. they don't know they don't know you screwed up unless you let them know mm-hmm. so those are some big things that stuck out and yeah I think that's definitely a big one is uh, as a fan watching, you know, like, cause unless it's painfully obvious that it was a mess up, there's uh, I'll use an example um, on dynamite a few weeks ago, there was the Malachi black Brian Pillman jr. Match and Pillman jr. Kind of slipped off the top rope. But to me, it looked like it could have easily just been, you know, part of the, part of the yeah. match. So it's sort of like that. Yeah, for sure. No, sometimes like a, a good botch is, uh, you know, it, it adds to the match. I think like it just makes it look chaotic. And my big issue with a, a lot of matches today, they, they look too scripted. They look too choreographed. Like it looks like a, you know, a fight scene planned out strike for strike. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes, you know, just a, a messy, chaotic match can you know feel a lot more authentic Mm -hmm. now how long after training before you were able to have your uh first actual match Mm. so i started in september training and i had my first match the next may okay yeah Uh, do you remember a lot about it yeah yeah it was at a it was at a fair show um up in Kelowna here and um it was against one of the guys, one of the four guys that I broke in with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it was, you know, it wasn't a huge crowd, but I was obviously nervous to shit. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, as soon, as soon as you walk through the curtain, you just kind of either sink or swim. Mm-hmm. And, um, no, I felt for our, for our first match, I thought we went, because I'm pretty sure it was only his second match. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, between the two of us to, you know, you couldn't get any greener, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was all right. I don't, don't recall any like massive botches or anything that, you know, stands out negative. Um, one of my first uh, matches that I've saw of you wrestle was um, against Evan Rivers, the NEW show. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, I was watching and just seeing the, uh, like, I, I love the venue, I love the match, and the the pacing of the match it was a little bit slower at the beginning, and then as it, it was almost like a switch flipped, and it went to like another level when you guys started brawling outside the venue and all that. And I thought it was an absolutely fantastic match. What were your takeaways from that one? Uh that that one, yeah, no, that that was a. Uh, I remember going into that match, and it was a, it was that was the first show post pandemic for, for me mm-hmm. and uh, for Vancouver pretty much. So, and I mean, it was a lot of pressure cause it was news first event. And we, we did a show earlier in the day, like a, a 12 o'clock show. And that the first match, it was uh, me versus Te- Elliot Tyler versus Travis Williams. And, I, all three of us, I know we didn't like it. It, it definitely, it, it, had, it had potential to be a really good match, but it didn't. So 
that was on my mind going into the evening match. I was like, I, I got to deliver. I like, I need to, you know, I need to deliver a good match. And mm -hmm. um, so that was my main thing on my mind going into my match with Evan Rivers. And um, yeah, takeaways, I, I had a lot of fun. I know that the window spot when we went outside, I, I know that got a big reaction from people like mm -hmm. people love that a lot of people came up and told me how much fun our match was so i just yeah my main takeaways i guess is it, it was a lot of fun rivers is a great opponent um, i know me and him are going to have a lot more mm -hmm. I, I look forward to it when you have a situation like earlier in the day, you have a match that you guys weren't too, you know, fond of, you know, whether it didn't click or whatever, and then you're coming back right away. How do you get in the mindset to just sort of get past it and brush it off? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, it's, I just, you know, it's the, you kind of just, like I said, you gotta, you sink or you swim mm -hmm. either you can't dwell on your last match because your next one's coming up and that's kind of your whole career. It's like, you're only as good as your last match, but your next match is only, you know, next weekend or in that case later that day. Mm -hmm. And you get a whole new chance again to just erase, you know, your previous, if it was, a, you know, if you shit the bed, you get to erase that. And, mm -hmm. That's that's a cool thing about this. You you've done uh, some singles wrestling and also tag team wrestling. State of emergency. I mean, one of the top tag teams out in BC. How did that come together? State of emergency. Yeah. So that was. Uh, it started out as a trios group in uh, in Kelowna, and it was me, Miles Deville, and a guy named Matt Bronson. Mm -hmm. And Matt Bronson was a guy, uh, he was one of the four I broke in with. Me and him were actually like buddies going to the tryout. So it was the three of us. Um, then ECCW put Miles in a team with someone else. And me and Matt Bronson were state of emergency. So we had a couple matches. Like we had our debut match with ECCW. It was actually me and him. That went down to without a cause in Washington first, mm -hmm. and we uh, we were set up for a match, the January of 2020 for our debut match there. Okay. Had a little falling out with Matt Bronson, and um, next thing I knew, I was told by the promoter out without a cause that Miles Deville was going to be my tag partner, mm -hmm. and he asked how I felt about that. And it was just pure luck and coincidence that he's really one of my good buddies in wrestling so far. And I was already kind of doing the trios thing with him. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went and wrestled four minutes of heat. We won that match. And, you know, we haven't really looked back. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, though, we've only wrestled, I think, together like five or six times. It, you know, it's funny though, because I mean, you guys had a fantastic match with Reloaded out for Vancouver Island Pro. Yeah. 
And yeah. I know that you and uh, the guys from Reloaded both spoke very highly of that match. So, I mean, you definitely, you guys have something there. Yeah. Yeah, no, and we, we definitely do. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, when I do tell them, it's like, we've only, because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. we like, we, we've only wrestled, yeah, five, six times. And a lot of people are like, it, it just feels like you guys have been a team a lot longer and you've wrestled a lot more together mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people do enjoy like the the size and strength of me and then the speed and agility kind of miles like we're we got that dynamic and, yeah you know it's no it's 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 a killer team i'm, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying what we're doing <laughs> you mentioned the pandemic and i mean it's we talked a little bit before we started recording, you know, you were only a few years into wrestling and then the pandemic hits. Now, what were you doing to stay busy with it? Because I mean, all of wrestling, independent wrestling basically just shut down. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it and I, (laughs) I don't expect you to be, but during the pandemic, I did this thing called a bag of mania. Okay. So I, uh, I ended up putting little like short videos, you know, they're like two, three minutes long. They're basically little cinematic videos of me wrestling a punching bag. And uh, yeah, I ended up doing, I think five of them. And I, you know, by the third one, it was a TLC match and we did this in my garage and there's, (laughs) you know, actual breaking tables and yeah. And then, uh, the fourth one and it was a tag team street fight and I got miles in there mm-hmm. and then uh yeah the fifth one the final one the last one we did it was an exploding garage death match <laughs> and it was right after the AEW thing so mm-hmm. I had sparklers and everything <laughs> yeah we, we did that and honestly it was it, it kept my name out there it got, mm-hmm. got me actually a lot of kind of attention Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I even was able to sell like 20 t-shirts. I made an order of 20 bag of mani t-shirts and I sold them all. Like people were loving it. So I just kept going with it, mm-hmm. but it kept, kept, kept me busy for, yeah, over a year. Do you enjoy the, those creative sort of aspects to wrestling? You know, I, I didn't think I was going to, when I got into it, I was, trying to like like it going into it in my mindset i was like take wrestling seriously old mm-hmm. school kind of mindset like uh, keep everything you know serious but after doing like all that goofy shit with the bag and stuff like no i i really i really do enjoy that kind of creativity you definitely get to just you know it's you're using a different part of your abilities just to, you know, express your talents and show off, you know, something that people might not know is there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, a lot of people, I think still just view me because of my size. Like they just, you know, they kind of paint me into one picture mm-hmm. kind of, you know, you're, you're the big strong muscle guy and you should be quiet and, you know, don't have too much personality. Just look mean. Mm-hmm. where it's like i think i showed during you know those five videos and what whatnot 
that I do have quite a bit of personality and character mm-hmm. and stuff. And I think it's, you know, saying that to not show personality, it's definitely, it's, it takes something away from yourself because you do have that and it should be something you're, that you're able to show off and bring more, you know, attention to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, again, it just, I think it depends on, you know, the person who, mm-hmm. who, and what kind of character you're going with. Yeah. You know, I still, cause I'm still so new. I'm, you know, Sebastian Wolf can kind of, he can kind of go any direction still like nothing solidified with him. I mean, yourself, you, you have all of the, the talent, the abilities, the size, the strength, the personality, what do you need to do to get yourself to that next level? Uh, I, I gotta get my name out there. Really. I gotta get into more promotions. I just, I gotta wrestle more Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, I've, I have like 46 matches, I think only. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty green, really green. <laughs> you know, I, I definitely need to get more reps in, just mm-hmm. get into some good promotions. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's all I can do. I, I feel like I've done I've well, no, I'm, I know there's always more I can do. So yeah. I'm not going to say I feel like I've done all I can, but no, there's, I just reach out to more promotions, you know, maybe take more chances, mm-hmm. bet on myself more, mm-hmm. fly myself out more. Just put yourself in that position to succeed, really. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, like I, I always say, you know, a, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm very, active on social media I, you know i don't I, I try to build a following on there i try to get noticed i interact with promoters other wrestlers you know mm-hmm. even if i haven't met them yet mm-hmm. if they're local like i i know i'm going to meet them so yeah. establish relationships ahead of time mm-hmm. and nowadays social media is such an important part of wrestling because it can one clip of you know something you do can reach so many more people yeah like i'm i'm i I don't love social media like Mm -hmm. i don't like being on you know all the different social medias all the time and stuff but i know as a pro wrestler that it is well and as any business you know like i I view myself as a business Mm-hmm. And it's, you, you got to be on there. You got to build, like, you got to brand yourself. And mm-hmm. there's, you know, you can use that to build connections and reach people you know, across the world. And mm-hmm. people can see your clips and your matches from across the world. And there's a lot of wrestlers who just don't care to use it. Yeah. Or just don't see it as a valuable thing. And I just, I, I don't understand. I can't wrap my head around that. I mean, it's something that I know you want to get the eyes on you and reach as many people as you can. And with, you know, say Twitter, for example, you really have that ability. You know, all it takes is one account, like I said, to tweet out something about, you know, your match, and then it's going to see all of their followers. And if someone else is just like, I tell two friends, they tell two friends and so on. And all of a sudden you've reached thousands of people. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great platform. I think Twitter's probably one of the best for a pro wrestler especially i think Mm -hmm. like it's it's 
it's definitely a great platform. And even at um, even at the Alex Shelley seminar that I recently did, you know, he said, you know, you got to interact with where where do you want to wrestle, mm-hmm. and wherever you want to wrestle, follow the local wrestlers from there, build mm-hmm. relationships with you know people from there, and mm-hmm. you can do all that without being you know having to go there first. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's guys in Washington that I haven't even met, but you know, I interact with them quite frequently online and it's, it'll be good for when I actually do get down there. Yeah. You've already established that base and you can build off of that. Yeah. And you know, pro wrestling, you know, it's not about really how good you are. It's about who likes you Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, man, like you you can be as good as you want, but if you're, you know you're an asshole and nobody likes you and you're not sociable and people think you're weird, you know, mm-hmm. no one's really going to book you. No one's going to put you over. Like nobody wants to deal with a prick in, in the back, you know? So it's, if that's how you're going to be, then yeah. you're just not going to get the chances. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that too, there's, there's a, yeah, there's a handful of wrestlers that I know just don't get the opportunities because they, you know, they have shit attitudes. They're shitty people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being a part of that Alex Shelley seminar what what were some of the other big takeaways from that because I mean Alex Shelley he definitely had a I don't want to say a resurgence but he's you know he kind of took time to do his own thing for a bit and he's back putting on some fucking fantastic matches now yeah uh my biggest takeaway is like how much more that I (laughs) need to and want to uh like clean up and get better at chain wrestling. Mm-hmm. A guy is a wizard. Like just off the top of his head, the things he was just pulling out and showing everybody and giving you like multiple options to get out of the same hold. Mm-hmm. It was just, yeah, it was amazing watching him in there. Mm-hmm. And then um, some of the other, th- you know, some of the other things that, that stuck with me too is, uh, he, you know, a lot of people don't like to hear it, but he said, you know, this business is kind of an aesthetic business. And he's like, if, if you want to get noticed and you want to be on TV and, you know, you want to be at the top, he, he said, most of the people he knows at the top, they, they look the part. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're in shape. They, they look presentable. They look like they could be on TV, you know, they, so he said, you got to look after yourself and it's, you know, it's more about just wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely is that aspect that I think sometimes does get forgotten about, you know, you, it, like you said, it's such an aesthetic business that, you know, to look the part almost, you know? Yeah. And I, I like wrestling's change, you know, it's not about bodybuilder freaks and like, you know, monsters anymore, but it's, you know, you still should have, some sort of athletic like base and foundation behind you for you know for safety reasons mm-hmm. you should be able to lift your opponent and you know hold them and you know jump and move and without injury and yeah. a lot of guys you know if if they did spend some more time on themselves you know their careers would probably go far mm-hmm. you know they would bulletproof their bodies and i i say the aesthetic meaning not uh it might have been the wrong term to use because you don't have to be 
jacked up in shape, but you do have to have a, a base to work off of. Yeah. And I mean, not even just aesthetic doesn't even have to just be like, look like your physical, it could be, you know, your, your appearance. A lot of guys don't even invest in, you know, quality ring gear. You know, they're wearing the, some, you know, no name stuff off an online store and they've been in the business for like 10 years mm-hmm. and it's just like you know what what do you i mean i guess if you're having fun you know everybody has their own yeah you know goals in this business but you know for me this business is so you know it's so damn hard on your body and even your mental at times like i just can't imagine putting myself through this for like over 10 years without trying to make a name and a real paycheck, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned the mental part. How do you kind of reset afterwards? Cause I mean, going in there, putting yourself out there and just everything that comes with wrestling, there has to be a time where afterwards you just have to kind of decompress and just kind of relax. Yeah. I mean, b- between like, training you know two to three times a week at Lionsgate Dojo and then if there's like you know you got a few shows lined up it it, it can be a lot of wrestling and then you know some you know the highs and lows of the business you know mm-hmm. sometimes things just suck you mm-hmm. know just like I we talked earlier this this weekend should have been a huge career change in weekend for me and state of emergency but uh mm-hmm. you know lost a lot of good bookings this month and it's it's been a real low month but you know some days i just to recharge i just don't you know no wrestling you know i don't go to training maybe that week Uh, i take some time off from the gym Mm -hmm. you know just hang out don't really deal with anybody kind of maybe take some time off social media but Mm -hmm. i don't really need time to recharge too often which is good yeah okay, I'm, I'm a you know i'm a big believer of like you know you just you got to roll with the punches mm-hmm. you just you got to keep going like you know everything passes you had mentioned getting your name out there more was there is there's particular places you want to be able to go to and to wrestle in yeah I mean, for sure, number one is down in Seattle with the five. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we we're supposed to have that this this weekend. So um, I know it'll come eventually. Yeah. Like if, if they were bringing us in once, they'll do it again. So definitely Defy. Uh, Prestige is out here in uh, Oregon, Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon area. They're doing some big things. So mm-hmm. getting on a promotion like that um yeah i mean i'm not too, i'd like to get out to calgary and rcw yeah finally um other than that man um I'm, I'm not too familiar with uh the promotions across canada mm-hmm. which it's... is kind of horrible but like I, I haven't looked into it too much i've i've tried to look at a few in saskatchewan and Mm-hmm. All I really see is I think CWE runs through there, and but um yeah, as for my local, you know, Pacific Northwest area, I've been, you know, I just want to keep going down without a cause, mm-hmm. keep doing, you know, keep doing new every chance I get with them because they're just blowing up, and 
getting a lot of eyes on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to touch on something not super wrestling related, but I know that you've done some uh, speaking to youth. And I was wondering if you could touch on that a little bit, the position you're in almost, you know, being a role model for some of the younger generations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, um, I, uh, I'm a first nations. So my, um, my reserve back in Saskatchewan, Pasqua first nations, they brought me out there to um, speak to some of their youth during an addictions awareness week. Mm-hmm. And that was a, yeah, that was a cool opportunity to be offered. Um, it was really humbling. You know, I, I definitely, it was definitely an exciting experience and yeah. something I look forward to doing more. Mm-hmm. I think it's important and definitely, I mean, the, youth today it's i mean i've got kids at home you know and you see the stuff that they go through and it's a lot different than you know when you or i were growing up you know more pressures and more issues and like to have someone of your you know stature to be there to talk to them and almost i don't want to say offer advice but like just say you know like offer some words i think it goes a long way for sure yeah, no, I've I've actually had this uh, conversation with my girlfriend about, you know, I I would hate to be going through high school in today's like world. I mean, not just because of the COVID stuff, but you know, the social media, the cell phones, like that's that's a whole new animal to be getting, you know, bullied on or, you know, just yeah, I I couldn't imagine what kids got to go through today, and mm-hmm. it's uh. You know, yeah, I didn't have the easiest upbringing. I've, you know, I've had some shitty moments in life and sometimes mm-hmm. where I just couldn't imagine, you know, continuing. And, but, uh, yeah, no, like I said, man, everything, all the bad times pass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, like life's, life's what you make it, you know? So mm-hmm. just, you're having a bad you know bad moment just know that you know it it doesn't rain all the time Mm -hmm. so one is eventually the sun's going to come out again and definitely for sure uh i got a few more for you then i'll let you go and enjoy your sunday um yes what are like for yourself you've been a few years into it i know 46 matches uh any matches that you've been a part of that have stood out to you so far um yeah one uh one that stands out is obviously the uh the debut with without a cause uh four minutes of heat mm-hmm. uh, you know that was my debut in the u.s i was only a few months like six months into wrestling so that, that was really big. Four minutes of heat was is like one of the best. I mean, they're the five tag team champions right now. Mm-hmm. So to get a debut match in the states against them, like that was, I felt like a feather in the cap at the time. Um, the convention center with new mm-hmm. at new two, the okay. four way. Mm-hmm. four-way with, tag team title with, match yeah with voros uh reloaded and wise men wise men 
yeah that one stuck stuck out to me because miles just got back from uh training in mexico mm-hmm. it was our first time teaming in new post pandemic and uh like seven or what was it maybe uh, over a decade ago i actually when before i got in i was obviously not wrestling i was working construction but i actually helped build the convention center that okay. venue for the olympics mm-hmm. i spent a year and a half working on that building so to come back like a decade later as a wrestler wrestling for tag team titles there like that that was kind of a cool experience and um yeah another one that just stuck out that was just oh yeah (laughs) the one with travis williams uh last last november or no december 2nd uh new three the chase for the championship Mm -hmm. and him one-on-one I ended up getting busted open in that match, mm-hmm. bleeding all down the side of my face. And, you know, we, we still got to the end and everything was good. And yeah, that was, that was a fun match. That's awesome. Um, 2022, what's a, a prediction for yourself in wrestling? Throw one out there and uh, hopefully it's going to come, come for you. Oh, well, this one's not, uh, this one will come for sure. Like, I got no doubt in my mind, but me and Miles, somewhere, some promotion, we are going to be wearing tag team gold in 2022. I, I love it. Calling your shot yeah. right now. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, where can people find you online, all your social media, if you've got t-shirts, all that sort of stuff? uh t-shirts you can go to brainbustertees.com mm-hmm. uh, we got t-shirts hats hoodies fanny packs all, all types of stuff there mm-hmm. and then uh social media instagram is wrestling with wolf mm-hmm. and twitter is seb wolf pro and yeah i mean you can find me on facebook too sebastian wolf but those are the three I'm mainly on. Awesome. Sebastian, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. No, thank you, Blair. Thanks for having me. It's cool. Good time, man. Thank you so much to Sebastian Wolf for joining me on this week's episode of the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. February 25th, NEW has their uh, NEW 5 show. So, I mean, if you're out, out on the West Coast, hit it up, you know, go check it out. Maybe tickets are still available. If not, look for it online. Hopefully they're going to put this one up on uh, YouTube as well, where you can find a whole lot more of their, uh, their events. So thank you to him. Check him out on social media, all of that stuff. Thank you for checking out the Great Maker Wrestling Podcast. I will say it every time, and I, I truly appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day just to listen to me talk about wrestling, you know, checking out the guests that I have on. So thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciate it. So if this is your first time listening, um, you can find me on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Hit me up on there. Email GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. You can send your questions, comments, concerns, all that stuff there. If there's a guest you would like me to have on, send it that way and I'll do my best to get them on. Uh, Up on Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast. If you could rate and review on there, I would really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, there's a Facebook page, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. It gets updated, not nearly as much as I should. But 
that's all the social medias, all that fun stuff. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.